Hello and welcome to Rockus Accelerated Geek Conversation. This episode is brought to you by ExpressVPN. I'm Samantha Rochefort, Senior Video Producer at Polygon, and I'm here today with Brianna Wu, excited about new Microsoft developments. <laughs> so you can call me, you can call me former candidate for the House of Representatives. You can call me game developer, Brianna Wu. Well, we'll work out some kind of title. Game developer is really nice and that. succinct, and I should probably yeah. remember that that's what you're doing now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's fine. Yeah, I, but I got to tell you, this week, I'm really struggling because we are living in a cold, cruel, Christina-less world on Rocket this week. We and it's, are. it's tough. It's tough. Mm-hmm. <sighs> we were going to record yesterday with, with Quinn, but there was no news yesterday and you had a terrible <laughs> migraine, so we put it That's off. That's true. But hopefully yep. Quinn will be on a later show. But for now, I mean, we did end up, the waiting helped because we did end up with a pretty exciting roster of things to talk about yeah. from Microsoft Fluid to a new iOS update, to some new <laughs> new Twitter features, <laughs> news. Plus, probably the most absolutely bonkers news of all, that the Snyder Cut is actually being released. But you have to wait <laughs> to the end of the show to hear that, and you can't skip to it because they disabled that functionality for this podcast. So, <laughs> well, we call it dessert for we a do. reason. You don't like you don't walk into a fine restaurant and just eat the the tiramisu. You know, you wait. You eat your vegetables. <laughs> you eat the steak. We have a fine steaky Microsoft topic, and then we got some vegetables with Twitter. Mm-hmm. Then you can have your dessert. But Honestly, like, these things are done. In Brie, order. we have created with this episode more of a full meal than many because we have a main course and two sides. We have like mashed potatoes and green beans here. And then we have our dessert. So it really is a full course. I hope you enjoy it. Wow. Let's stop wasting time <laughs> and get right into it. So at Microsoft's developer conference build, which is happening right now, which Christina is doing all kinds of bonkers emceeing at, and which is also drawing like 2 million people. Is that correct? Yeah. Okay. They... No, no, no. It was two million views. Christina told us uh, the 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 Twitter uh, interactions with build on Twitter hit two million. So that's huge. Uh, I didn't hear her release numbers just to you know to give you the 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 stats as I understand. It, but it's definitely been a big success. It's gotten crazy traffic online. Yeah, that's going to be a whole topic for when Christina comes back for sure oh, yeah. because we oh, have yeah. so many future events that probably should take this as inspiration. But moving past that, Microsoft revealed at Build that it's making its Fluid framework open source. It's releasing it on GitHub. And also that they're beginning to preview that functionality in the coming weeks on Office.com and in Outlook for Web. So Fluid was something, the Fluid functionality they announced last year at Build. And I totally missed this news. Uh, And if you did too, what it is, is it is a functionality where you can create components like a table or a task list or an agenda in any app and then immediately share those things live with other people without switching to a dedicated app for that. So Mm -hmm. it's basically like instead of going into your Google Sheet and making a table, you just make it right in your email, but then you can also open that same table in, for example, somewhere on the web. Um, (laughs) That's the, you know, future functionality of it. 
Well, it's 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 more than that. And I got to tell you, it takes a lot for me to go, let's make Microsoft Office our top story this week. Like, <laughs> it's not really the sexiest product out there, but this is... This is something I'm really excited about. So Fluid is, it's essentially a new type of office document. And it is essentially a bunch of Lego blocks that you can pick and pick up and plop down into a document that lives 100% on the web. So I'll give you an example. My husband does patent law. He works with very large Excel sheets of data. And then he is writing patents, you know, filled with definitions and things like that to go with it. Um, if Frank were passing something along with his office, he could much more easily have like a central document that lives on the web with the data spreadsheet. And a scientist could go as they're getting the new data, they could plop that in Frank's spreadsheet form. As he's running it past different people on the legal team, they could just update that part of it. And rather than having to, you know, like open up Excel, open up Word, open up Outlook, I, you can have a freaking spreadsheet emailed to you. And then right there in Outlook, you can start updating the Word doc or, or the or the or the spreadsheet. So this is this is really exciting to me. I mean, am I am I silly? No, to, you're totally to be not wrong. About and this? thank yeah. you for that concise explanation of it because it is the the very untethered nature of it. I think makes it kind of difficult to grok like the yeah. the functionality of it and the hugeness of it because it is so untethered. Um, well, unfortunately, right now it is going to be a little bit tethered because they're first releasing it, like I said, in uh, Office.com and Outlook for Web. Right. But uh, it will be rolling out to Microsoft Teams and then, of course, eventually third-party apps because they are making that code open source. Right. Um, and that will be available. Which is for, good. And yes, it's a framework. Obviously. So developers can get in there. If you have something really custom, like say your um, company has an intranet, right? Uh, you could have this with like an open ticket support system. You could have this with... Um, you know, if you're doing community management, right? Like you could you mm-hmm. could code something dynamically here. So, um, and there's a lot here I'm excited about. Um, I don't want to offend any Google or Android people out there, but um, you know, uh, Simone, every time like I've worked with Polygon and writing an op-ed, I've always uh, my editors generally have asked me to use Google Docs, and it just it gives me that moment of. Uh, you know, I I, I don't want to disrespect Google. I use them for Gmail because they've got the best security out there. But just the thought of them, even if it's just in a very broad sense, do you know what I mean? It's just privacy-wise. I just, they just don't have my trust, right, Google? So I think something like Microsoft, you, if, if, yeah, go ahead. You like the security of Gmail, but not, but it's different for uh, Drive? No. Well, uh, it's if someone else made a product that was like Gmail with that level of security, I would not be on Gmail, if that makes sense to you. Like, okay. I'm yeah. on the Titan key system where I have literally uh, two little keys that I have to plug in to access my mail. Like, that's how secure it is. So, um, but it's it's still the privacy compromises with using a Google product because if you're not if you're not if if you're not paying for the product, you are the product. Um, you know, Apple has tried to do uh, iCloud, so you can use you know numbers and pages online, and it's pretty good. 
But something like Microsoft, if they really came up with a, 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 a product that you paid for, like Fluid, and it was really dependable online and people had universal access to it, I would absolutely pay for that. I mean, would you? I am, I'm intrigued by it. And part of that is because I am a servant of Google Drive. Right, Um, right. I'm extremely beholden to that both in my personal life and in my working life, which means that I live in a network of folders that are confusing and never ending (laughs) and just deep, deep, deep and totally incomprehensible to probably anyone but me who made them and sometimes even incomprehensible to me. So I I think where I I am intrigued by fluid and then also so kind of trying to wrap my head around it is where these these uh components live and like how they're backed up and who can access them and how do you revert to previous versions if something gets overwritten because they're talking about like a hundred people could be editing the spreadsheet which is true of a a Google Sheet as well. It would be very laggy. Uh, (laughs) And this is supposed to be very low latency, but it is something where there's a very clear kind of chain of edits there. And obviously that's something that Microsoft wouldn't overlook. I think that revision history will be part of this, but when it's kind of existing in this nebulous web space to me, there's a part of my brain that's like, whoa, I I can't even begin to think about this. Right. And I do think it's worth saying, like, Google Google Docs is a world-class product, right? And Microsoft has come along, and they've tried to take on Slack with Microsoft Teams. And, mm-hmm. you know, Christina's not here, so we can say this. Like, it is a product that has gotten some very mixed reviews from people. Um, and, you know, Microsoft, even though they've got all the talent in the world and these great developers, has, I think, for many people, not been able to create something that can compete with Slack yet, which is surprising to me because Slack is a pretty darned expensive uh, product to deploy Ooh, at the enterprise yes. level. <laughs> um, so so uh, I, I guess when it comes to when it comes to taking on Google to Google Docs and Google Drive, I I think they can do it because they've got such a long lead in you know these kinds of office space apps. But let's let's just really be honest, uh, Simone. When do you ever live in a world where you're going to go actually pay for Microsoft Word? Because I don't. I'm no, not going to pay I for don't. Word. I'm not going <laughs> to pay for Excel. I'm not going to pay for. You know, it's just, it's, it's, I think for most normal people, there's not a, a case there to pay for it as it is. So this seems like a good evolution. Mm-hmm. And I am super interested in it. And there's just so many questions that we're going to have to answer, especially once the code comes out about, um, I mean, how, how truly, how big a table can you use? How much data can you store in this thing to be like sending right. through? Put put it dropping in an, in the middle of an email and opening up uh, with a bunch of people live editing at once. It is so genuinely exciting, mm-hmm. um, and also there are just so many questions that I have about it. And I, ooh, a fire truck! It's fire time for me, baby. <laughs> All right, <laughs> five alarm fire for uh, the fluid framework. Uh, but yeah, I I do think that it is a very impressive and exciting idea which is hard to say about <laughs> tables but about enough and writing and agendas so, i mean if i can share what i'm doing right now simone is i'm wrestling with 2014 brianna Wu. um so uh, like i'm i'm trying to get reps, 
I'm trying to get Rev60 reinstalled. Let me give you an example. We wrote great documentation about how this stupid game works back in 2014. So I'm going through and I've got to open up a Microsoft Word document to read documentation. Then I've got to go and I've got to load variables and combat tables from an Excel spreadsheet. And I've got to launch it through Dropbox and sync Dropbox across the web and then get these on multiple machines. I mean, I was thinking about that today where it's just such a freaking pain point Mm -hmm. to have all these different apps and all these different files for it and bring it over there. I mean, how wonderful would it be for developers to just let all this stuff like live in a more fluid way online. It would be amazing. That would be great. I mean, wouldn't that work for you? Like, think about what you do as a video editor. You've got your your libraries on different computers and mm-hmm. bringing it in. That's a nightmare, man. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. I Yeah, it would. That potentially, like, for my life has implications for script editing, um, for our pitches as well. Like, we use sheets for pitching. Um, like there are just so many, so many instances of shared Wait, documents. You take a in my comedy life. <laughs> pitch and you put it in a Google Sheet. Listen, really? listen, free. <laughs> <laughs> I just imagine like following you around, and you're so, you're so she's crazy not talented, perfect, but and she's talented. mine. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. It's like I what I love about you, Simon. Why I love doing this show is you have. You have the most unique brain, and I mean that in the most complimentary <laughs> way. And I'm trying to think about all the stuff you say, like in a spreadsheet. I'm writing that down. And <laughs> yes, I mean that in a compliment. So I'm writing that part down too. Okay. Because <laughs> I'm going to tweet it <laughs> when the episode comes out. Um, okay. Yeah, but any anything I think that makes that process more lively um, and responsive is is a plus in my book. Amazing. I agree. Yeah. Can't wait to hear what Christina has to say about this when she returns from Build. Um, and hey, Build is still going, if I'm not wrong. Uh, shoot, it'll be done by the time this podcast goes up. So don't bother registering for it just because it's going for one more day, I guess. Wait, no, today's Wednesday. Brianna. Yeah, it ended today. Sorry. I've been on a journey. <laughs> we Listen, we usually record on Tuesday. Right now it's a Wednesday. I'm in quarantine. Time has no meaning. Let me tell you about ExpressVPN. <laughs> you think time has no meaning? Wait until you're watching Spanish Netflix for 10 hours, baby. We all know how a VPN protects your privacy and security online. But did you know you can take, you can use it to take your TV watching to the next level by unlocking shows and movies that are only available in other countries? Now that we're all spending so much more time at home, it's only a matter of time before we run out of stuff to watch on Netflix. And just because they just put Avatar The Last Airbender on there and Hannibal doesn't mean it's not going to happen soon. Those are pretty short shows. You can blast through them. I'm excited, but it still doesn't mean you're not going to run out. Well, you can use ExpressVPN to binge on whatever you want, like Doctor Who or Star Trek on the UK Netflix. What? It's really simple. Just fire up the ExpressVPN app, change your location to the UK, then refresh Netflix. And that is it. ExpressVPN hides your IP address so that you can control where you want sites to think that you're located. And you can choose from almost 100 countries. That's three digits of countries and a lot of Netflix libraries. 
So if you love anime, you can use your ExpressVPN to access Japanese Netflix. And it's not just Netflix. ExpressVPN works on any streaming service like Hulu, BBC iPlayer, YouTube, whatever you want. I bet Canadians get a kick out of this because their stuff is always like they can never watch anything. Oh, they have those uh, Canadian content laws, right? Where a certain percentage of their stuff has to be created in Canada? I think so. Yeah. Canada, man. What a what a place. Look, I am not judging any nation at all ever mm. again. <laughs> like, you do, you. God knows we've got our own problems, so. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to hear from our Canadian listeners. I'm sure there are some. <laughs> there are hundreds of VPNs out there and hundreds of Canadian listeners on this show. But ExpressVPN is ridiculous. I hope it's available in Canada. Oh, my God. <laughs> but ExpressVPN is ridiculously fast, which you want when you're watching shows. No buffering, no lag, and you can stream in HD. ExpressVPN is also compatible with all of your devices, which is wild. That includes phones, media consoles, smart TVs, and more. That's nuts. You wouldn't necessarily assume that, but it's true. You can watch what you want, wherever you want. It rules. the inter- This is me. This is me talking. It's <laughs> genuinely, it has a simple interface, and I like that because things confuse me i have tried to use other vpns uh and they confused me and i stopped using them but then they were like hey try this and i was like okay i'll try this one we'll see if i can figure that out and i did and it friggin' worked and i've used it here i've used it in italy those are the places i've been since i got it and guess what folks i'm gonna be using it here for the foreseeable future. <laughs> if you go to this link right now, that link is expressvpn.com slash rocket. You can get three extra months of ExpressVPN for free. Support this show, watch what you want, and protect yourself at expressvpn.com slash rocket. Our thanks to ExpressVPN for their support of Rocket and all of Relay FM. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Just just use a VPN. It's data hygiene. You know, it's baked into iOS. This is not clunky's like 2000s VPN. It's really mm-hmm. easy to use. And it's just, it's, it's a basic, like, if you care about InfoSec, use a VPN. It's really that straightforward. Use it, buddy. Use it. So Twitter has t- started testing a new feature <laughs> today, a new yeah. reply feature. Yeah. Uh, this has rolled out to me, so I can say that I have tested it. So basically now, uh, if you have been chosen for the test, when you click into compose a tweet, an option pops up where you can change who can reply to that tweet. Uh, Everyone can reply. People you follow can reply or only people you mention can reply. Those are the three options. Uh, They started testing this today for quote unquote, a small percentage of users. Um, And I, I think it was met with at first, extreme fanfare and then now by now all of two hours later because we have nothing to do but be on twitter (laughs) uh, (laughs) some blowback has also rolled in so i think we're gonna wait i haven't seen the blowback well i'm gonna tell you about that okay that's the exciting thing so i think right off the bat we you can see the appeal of this especially of course knowing someone like you brie 
who has had (laughs) (laughs) my twitter is like it's like cinderella okay everything is great you know there are birds that fly in every time i tweet it's wonderful Yes, and that's exactly what you need, this product. (laughs) Um, So obviously the intention of this product and how I think someone like you, Brianna, would use it are making Twitter safer for people who will dive in and harass you because of previous things that you've done that do not like making a game that has women in it. (laughs) Uh, Such crimes as that. And there are certainly people who deal with that all the time. Devil's Advocate, the (laughs) blowback... Sorry, if I sound so exasperated, it's not because I don't think people have valid points. It's that I'm just tired by the cycle of discourse every day. Um, the <laughs> Can that be the episode title? Tired by the cycle of discourse. Cycle of discourse. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. The counter argument is that if somebody with a large platform is spreading misinformation there is no way to speak back to that beyond, you know, the echo chamber that those people could create. Um, And also that, as we've seen with uh, problems where people like Donald Trump are blocking people on Twitter, it it can be used to create a way to stop people, to disenfranchise people's voices. I think disenfranchise is a bit strong of a word for what I want to say, but I hope you understand the point that I'm trying to make. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Um, as I can much see as it I like and I disagree feature, for reasons, but yeah. carry on. <laughs> yeah, no, um, I mean, as much as I like this feature for other people, I, I will not be using this. I am on Twitter to interact with people. Um, you know, just people calling me all kinds of names. It's something I've, I just deal with. Uh, you know, if it crosses the line, someone using slurs or you know, something really malicious, then, you know, I block and report them and move on. Um, I'm on Twitter to, to build professional connections with people. Mm -hmm. And I just think for me personally, this would really, really limit it. And I mean, I think all of us have tweeted something and gotten blowback. And in that situation, like what I've learned it's best to do is just delete it. <laughs> like take the hit and move on. So I mean, I again, I'm I'm happy this exists, but I look at like you know a lot of the game journalists I know have um have followed this one joke. Well, they'll put out there and say like, um, hey, you know, like Final Fantasy Mystic Quest is the best Final Fantasy. <laughs> if you disagree, let me know in the comments, and no one can comment. And it's just. It's it's a formula that it's getting old kind of quickly. It, if yeah, that, makes that sense. did get old really fast. So um, it's so funny that you say that because that was also my reaction of like, oh, this is cool. I'm not going to use it though, right? Um, just for that kind of same reason. Because well, for one, okay, here's the other thing. As a person who's verified on Twitter, I have other tools like the quality filter, and I personally don't res- like if I go to my notifications tab on Twitter. I've made it so that I only see replies from people that I, that I follow. I think it is right. that. Yeah. Yeah. People that I follow. How uh, does your so, follower list ever grow if you don't see people then? Uh, well, because the answer is, well, because well, I see them on my timeline, first of all. And then second of all, if I do want to see replies to a tweet, 
I will go to that tweet manually and I will read the replies, oh. um, which I do more often than I would like being a person who stopped seeing everyone's replies because it was exhausting. Um, so that being said, I obviously these tools for people who have access to them already exist to to help stem the flow of, you know, talking, basically. Um, so I feel like at the end of the day, this is a good tool, but I also think that it's not going to necessarily bring as many changes, both for the people who like it and the people who say it's going to like stymie discussion because I, the, the tools for, mm, continuing that discussion already exists. Like quote tweeting is not going away. Um, screenshotting and replying to something is not going away. I think people will still find ways to have discussions about tweets for better or for worse without being able to reply to them. And I also think that it kind of just highlights this larger issue, which is that if someone is spreading disinformation on Twitter, like some dangerous conspiracy about coronavirus, you're not going to, as much as you might want to, you're not going to counter that by replying to that tweet. That's something that Twitter needs to take care of. So as much as I, I see, I understand and I sympathize with people feeling that this is going to be used to silence them. I also think that the problems that they're pointing out are not necessarily problems with this specific tool. They're much larger systemic problems with the platform. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess and I completely agree with that. And I think we've all had that experience. I'm sure you have, uh, Simone, where... Yeah, like you're talking to your friends about something like, oh, Animal Crossing is great. Oh, I'm really enjoying... Why did you tweet about Bitcoin three years ago, Brianna, and say it's bad for the environment, (laughs) you dumb bee? I mean, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, we all understand (laughs) how annoying that is. Um, I just, um, I I think, (laughs) if I just want to really be honest with you, I think the problem is uh, science fiction writer Neil Stevenson called social media the quote doomsday machine and i think he's right because it makes us unable to have any kind of conversation and it just feeds our worst instincts as humans and i think it's the thing that's going to continue damaging not just the united states but democracy all around the world so yeah uh you know ultimately this stuff is it's it's, uh uh, (laughs) you know we're all digging for uh, diamonds in a garbage dump yeah exactly and maybe the diamond (laughs) is just like like a ni- maybe it's a nice rhinestone and it's not hurting anybody but it's not really valuable either <laughs> <laughs> all right uh let's talk about ios 13.5 a quick little update here ios 13.5 was released and it has a couple of covid related updates uh so the first one super quick you might have noticed if you have an iphone and you go to use your face id uh, it's kind of frustrating because you're wearing a mask, you're outside. Sorry, I forgot to add that really important context for this example. You're outside on a walk, you're wearing your mask. You pop open your phone and look at it to unlock it, and it says, no. And then in the moment where it 
takes to pop up your passcode, the um, the number, so you can put in your passcode. There's like a little bit of annoying delay. And then it feels like for me, every time that pops up, it will like eat the first digit because I'm starting to type too fast and it's not ready and it eats the first digit. And then I'm like, well, crap, I've got to race and start over again now. Anyway, no more. Uh, <laughs> it's making it faster to unlock the phone while we- wearing a mask instead of like triggering the face ID and then waiting for the passcode prompt and having it be like, hey, I don't, I don't recognize this face. Uh, you can now just swipe up once from the bottom of the screen and you'll see the option to enter your passcode right away. Sick. I, I do want to say there was a story that came out that I nearly made a topic uh, <gasps> this week about uh, law enforcement having the ability to um, basically use this uh, this device called Grakey. And uh, what they can do is they can get it, you know, get a subpoena, do all of that. And uh, it will allow them to break even new modern iPhones. If you've got four-digit code, it will take an hour. If you have a six-digit code, it will take a day. So I do think it's worth saying, like, as Apple moved over to uh, Face ID and COVID hit, um, I do think the aggregate output is this uh, does make your phone more unsecure. So I would say to everyone out there, I know it's a pain because we're all entering our codes in more frequently now, but do consider like going to uh, an eight-digit code uh, or even a 10-digit code. That's the point where it's going to take it a month for them to break into it. So maybe consider that. That is a good good piece of advice. And I'm going (laughs) to not only consider that, I'm going to do it right after this. Good for you. Can I just make a side note, yeah, Simone? I of am course. so freaking amused by the people out there. They're like, they're saying like, wearing a mask is not manly. I'm not going to oh, wear a mask because I'm God. not a beta soy boy. And I'm like, who wears a mask? It's Batman and it's Scorpion. It's, and it's Sub-Zero. And it's like... I'm so like, baffled by it. Like, how could right? you be upset about wearing a mask? It looks... So cool, unless right. you're unless uh, my caveat, unless you're at a risk of being racially profiled for wearing a mask, right? But right, how Fair I, point. I, I literally don't understand it because it's like, okay, you're allowed to like go into businesses now, you're allowed to buy things, and you see these videos of people being like, I won't wear a mask in your store. <laughs> how could you not be excited about wearing a I swore, I swore, we <laughs> oh boy, we feel strongly about this, right? It's uh, it's uh. baffling. Wear a freaking mask. Bauer wore a mask. I mean, oh, it's manly. (laughs) It's very manly. You have spec ops. How many games have you played where, like, your hero wears a a mask? You know what I think is just so weak. When I see soldiers in Iraq wearing masks over their faces (laughs) to keep out the dust and sweat, I think that that's just disgusting. Right, they're soy boys. Yes. Agreed. <laughs> There's a clip that's going to be taken out of context. <laughs> well, I'm not running for office, so I don't have to worry um, about that anymore. Oh my goodness. We're done. We're finished in this town. <laughs> okay. Okay. So the other the other, the other the other things coming out with this iOS update. Yes. That, um, very exciting. So uh, I think the implementation that Apple finally came out with their contact tracing thing is um it's it's interesting. So um, you know, we talked about this in a previous episode. So uh, Apple is working with Google for a contact tracing uh, API for 
Android phones and Apple phones. Um, and it works by uh, basically using the Bluetooth uh, device in there to ping phones around you. And if someone finds out that they have COVID-19, they can upload something and other people can check and see if they're around anyone who's reported being diagnosed with COVID-19. Uh, and then you can have that information, make health decisions. So that is part of what's come out uh, with this today. However, to activate it, um, you have to rely on an app that will be released by your local healthcare system. So for me, I live in Massachusetts. I'm sure we'll get something like this eventually. I'm sure I will be fine with this. I can't help but wonder how our <sighs> friends that may live in Florida or Louisiana, um, you know, populated states that have shall we say, more of a rightward can't. Um, I, I don't know how how that's going to work out for them. So do you have any thoughts about that? My thoughts are, oh boy, this is going to be as like piecemeal and as much of a mess as our government. Yep. Um, so the, the Verge did say that future phones, this will be built into the OS so that you can just opt in to receive notifications without the app being installed if you so wish. But yeah, like Bree said, right now uh, with this update, we're just wait to see. Oh, pub- does my public health agency have an app? Um, I honestly, <laughs> story of me being a Libra. I don't remember what I ultimately decided when we discussed whether <laughs> we would be opting into this or not. I well, think how do I you said feel today? no. How do you feel today? I do think you said no. I, I think I did. Uh, today I'm feeling more lenient and it might just be because the Russian website where I've been watching all these old movies has literally every piece of information about me now that you could possibly <laughs> want. Um and I am going to be blackmailed into betraying this country by Putin <laughs> in the near future. <laughs> the cookies? Oh, my God. Um, but anyway, I don't know. I'm feeling more chill about it today. And maybe that's just because of the inevitability of it being an option that's baked in. Um, but I don't know. Check to see how I feel tomorrow. Well, how would, how would you feel about this? I What I would like to see is I think if there's ever been an argument for open source software, I think this is it. Because you are asking for a lot of trust with privacy. And I think if I don't just want to see the white papers, I don't just want to see the broad strokes of what they're doing outlined. I want to see this open sourced in a repository, which makes sense because then other people can take this and use this all around the world. And then you can have privacy experts. You can go, you can look at the code. You can make sure there's nothing malicious. I think that would go so far in Mm -hmm. assuaging the public. I mean, would that be a, a compromise that would make you more comfortable? I think it might be just because I would be interested in learning more about it. And then I also would get nervous because you'd be like, well, but anybody could see it then. The bad guys could see it. Um, But you know what? As we've shown over and over again, what can't they see? Nothing. (laughs) Now I feel depressed about security again. (laughs) But you know what will make you feel less depressed? The Snyder Cut. The Snyder Cut. The Snyder Cut. (laughs) Oh, this is the most bonkers thing in the world. So Zack Snyder's Justice League Cut is coming to HBO Max in 2021, and that is going to ruin the internet. From here 
2021, the internet will be in a slow state of being dismantled by discourse about the Snyder Cut. If you're not familiar with it, uh, when Justice League came out, this rumor started, which we assumed was a rumor for many years, that there the version that was seen in theaters was this was the WB cut. This was the man's cut, big corporate cut. And that's why it was bad. That's why it got such bad reviews. Because Zack <laughs> Snyder didn't have his say in this movie. And it was it kind of it started being bandied around by people who are super fans of Snyder, like, where it released the Snyder Cut. We want to see the Snyder Cut. What did he what would he have done with this movie? And then I believe it was last year where Zack Snyder was like, Yeah, it's real. And it's 214 minutes long. And everyone's wow. like, <laughs> um, and now, but we never thought, or at least I never thought, that it would actually be seen by human eyes beyond Zack Snyder's, I guess. But to, apparently I was wrong. They are releasing it on HBO Max, a huge get for the new streaming platform. Apparently what is it, it was assembled out of mostly finished footage. They still have to do a bit of CGI updating. I hope that they're fixing Henry Cavill's like false upper lip because this was the movie where he had a mustache that they had to CGI out. Um, it, it they should have just let Superman have a mustache. Yeah, it was bad. <laughs> like, why not? Um, <laughs> but it's coming. Folks, it's real. <laughs> so, so uh, Simone, I need you to explain this to me because I don't oh, no. understand a lot of the dynamics here. So was this the movie that this was not the movie or was it where um, his daughter committed suicide halfway through and then you had um you had joss whedon that had to come and finish the rest of it was this that movie i'm looking that up um wow i've totally forgot yes that this is the movie uh where he withdrew from post-production on justice league in may 2017 to be with his family um that's so sad so so I can I can understand how having even a great director like Whedon come in halfway through the process um like obviously if he's going to direct scenes in a different way you can't do anything about that but having one vision top to bottom I I can see value in that am am I wrong here because that that makes sense to me I think you're you are totally right, but from my understanding, it was only in post that he had to step away, and I cannot remember if they ended. Okay, yeah, they did shoot some additional scenes, but at that point, I can't imagine that the structure of the movie would be so drastically changed. Um, especially when we're talking about a movie that is two hundred and fourteen minutes long, which is a huge amount of time that's three and a half hours um so to me a director's vision is curating what you have written and then what you have shot into a story that you want to tell and to me taking three and a half hours to tell that story seems ludicrous especially for something where like at the core of the story we've got Batman and Superman and Wonder Woman and Aquaman like this is a big budget fun quote unquote fun action flick like what do you do how many fights can you have in those three and a half hours how many like what what are the scenes 
what are the scenes? I'm very curious. Like, this is one of these movies. I watched it once. It was not good. (laughs) And I did not ever watch it again. But as I recall, it suffered from the problem. Like, Marvel movies have found a formula. So it's, look, they're big over-the-top action set pieces. But it's very very focused on the human conflict, right? Mm -hmm. Like, And they're really excellent at setting those stakes in kind of a factory format to put them out now. But they all feel like films of, of substance, generally. Justice League, as I remember it, felt like a lot of stupid explosions, but very unconvincing or maudlin uh, emotional human stakes. Would mm-hmm. Would you agree with that? Is that your I recollection of it? I did not see Justice League. Oh, wow. I haven't seen any of the, the big DC Temple movies except Wonder Woman and Birds of Prey. Oh, it's so good. I've watched yeah, it like six so times now. Good. Oh my God. Is the yeah. thing. Why, why didn't you watch it? Are you just not into that or? No, like, I mean, from the initial reviews of like Batman v Superman and the the Superman movies in that series, they did, they never struck me as something that was interesting to me just because of the, the tone mostly. Um, and once I think once that, that storyline or that franchise kind of got rolling without me, it was sort of like, well, why now? <laughs> why would I go see? Justice League now when I didn't see Batman v Superman. Right. I'm assu- yes, that was the correct order that those came out in. However, I do regret not seeing Aquaman. And I will say that Shazam oh, so also it's rocked. So good. <laughs> oh, Aquaman is so good. The the music is that like 80s synthesizer soundtrack. And oh, it's so good. Uh Amber Heard is excellent in it. I don't care about Jason Mimosa or whatever the hell his name Momoa. is that much, but it's so good. It's so like it takes like such a great actor to like like summon all the energy in the world and go like you the must Aquaman. call me Ocean Master. Hell and yeah. to mean it. <laughs> to, like like he's talking Shakespeare. Yes, yeah, the Aquaman it's, looks oh. fun. Um, oh, and great. like, not that every movie oh. has to be fun, but I don't. Did you read Matt Patch's profile on Josh Trank? No, so no. Tell he me spent about the this. last four years working on this profile about Josh Trank, and we were finally able to publish it on Polygon. And Josh Trank was the director of Chronicle when he was like a young auteur. Oh wow! And yeah, then, that was great. Yeah, and then they brought him on to direct the Fantastic Four movie with Michael B. Jordan and other people uh. whose name Miles. <laughs> People whose names I don't remember except Michael B. Jordan. It was like it was totally slammed in reviews. Uh, was nobody bad. liked it. And yep. what a lot of this piece is about is how he came into it and did not want to direct a superhero movie at all. And it was just just this weird mismatch of this young director who wanted to make art and make a statement with a studio who wanted a summer hit superhero movie. And it was kind of wrested away from him, like wh- whatever mistakes he might have made. It was the studio coming in and being like, oh, my God, we've got to stop this from happening. <laughs> and so like when I it's again, not that a superhero story can't be dark, but I do feel like there is kind of a contract you're making with the audience when you're making something like this big and bombastic like justice league where you're uniting all of these superheroes it has to be big it has to be loud it has to be flamboyant 
And like as serious as Endgame was in moments, it was also it also has this like element of camp and fun and humor that's part of that series. And it's very successful. And I think part of the failing of the DC movies, some DC movies like Batman v Superman and Justice League has been a mismanagement of tone. So I, I am I am curious about how much of that is Snyder and what tone this uh, expanded edition of it is going to land on. Because I don't really know his feelings about Batman and Superman. And, and that's, that's what really gets me here, Simone. Because, I mean, look, okay, I, I am on record as saying that Sucker Punch, uh, another Zack Snyder movie, is my feminist guilty pleasure. I know so many people <laughs> who feel that. I know that is the most divisive movie Oh, of all it's time. so bad. It's so bad. Because, like, it's, like, the you, the people that wrote it, like, they're writing about, it's, like, is this empowerment or is this rape? I don't which one is. I just I get don't the know. Confused. Like, is this empowering? Are you coming? Yeah. Um, so, but it's, uh, like, there are shots in Rev 60. They're directly from the trench scene of, like, spinning around with the gun and firing mm-hmm. up. I mean, it's directly taken from that. I love this movie so much. <laughs> it's so, so terrible. So I am a huge Snyder fan. But this guy is not... I mean, he's not going to make the Dark Knight Returns. He's a yeah. Dark Knight Rises. He's just, he's not. Like, it's just not who he is. So I i am mystified at the, the, the clamoring for this. It's going to be so interesting because I feel like some of the people who are uh, like hyper fans of his vision, they might feel the same way about this that you feel about Sucker Punch, where it's like, <laughs> ex- except that they might not have the, I guess, uh, self-awareness to admit that <laughs> there's another side to it that's like maybe this is bad like maybe you just love it man <laughs> um, oh my god there's a whole other conversation to be had here which i don't think we're gonna get into about how this is kind of like s- tangential mra related bullying not bullying because it's a studio you can't bully a studio but it like is an example of a loud and entitled fan minority getting their wishes granted because they made enough noise on twitter which i don't think is a great precedent to set but i'm not gonna talk about that because i'm tired (laughs) if i could say something yeah please do i i personally missed all of that um, but I mean, I, I do think it's like, it's, I think it's legitimate given the unusual circumstances mm-hmm. of, you know, a suicide and a director being forced to walk away. I mean, I'll watch that. And, and frankly, I, I feel like there's a good movie in a lot of these DC movies to be found yeah. <laughs> and it could be saved in the editing room. So maybe this is going to work out. The budget for this is ridiculous. It's going to be like a $30 million project. <sighs> so, um, you know, I mean, I guess, I guess my message is, could it hurt? Could you really hurt the Justice League's like legacy and film? Probably very not. very true. And I, you are right that I... <laughs> did not remember the circumstances on which he left justice league so um yeah yeah that's totally fair (laughs) would like to see what he does with it i'm okay okay hey wow brianna what are you doing this week 
I'm waiting for your horny uh, Clark Gable I'm video working to come on it. I got one. Okay. I keep expanding my movie list and it's, <laughs> thank you for calling it that, by the way. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to be done. Once I watch all the movies he was in with Joan Crawford, I'm done. And then I was like, well, <laughs> but I want to maybe, maybe there's a good scene in Wife versus Secretary with Myrna Loy and Gene Harlow. And then I was like, well, but I have this really good picture of him kissing Mary Astor and Red Dust. And what if there's a scene from that that I want to use? And now I'm like, well, but he made After Office Hours. And that looks really fun. And he's like a, a <laughs> one of those disreputable reporters, a role he's so good at. Maybe I should watch that, too. And my list of movies, the video is done. There's a cut of the video. The Simone cut. <laughs> Release the Simone cut. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's on Dropbox right now and you cannot have it um but it's it's freaking done man but i'm i'm kind of holding back uh just in case i watch three to ten more movies oh my god and then decide just no just the two just the two just okay red dust and after office hours okay i hope i hope to god Look, I got Shutter this week. Uh, Shutter, the streaming service for horror movies. I've binged on so many. I mean, not B horror movies. I'm talking D minus F yeah, horror movies. That's so good. I can't judge you. If I said anything about this, I'd be the world's biggest hypocrite. So you, you do you. Thank that's you what for I comparing encourage. my art. <laughs> 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 there's a house with a demon in it and there's a room that gives you anything you want simone that's that's and art, what i, I want promise. is clark gable's shovel-like <laughs> hands <laughs> to rest gently on my shoulders for one minute okay don't mock my sexuality um <laughs> you know what i'm doing you know what i'm actually doing this what? no one tells you about this this darkness Uh-oh. this horror when you buy a house so um my God, I please tell me I'm not turning into my parents. You but, might be. So we have grubs eating our yard no. and it looks like trash. And I live in a nice neighborhood and our neighbors hate us because they're out there. They've got this nice, beautiful house and our yard is just dead because grubs have eaten it. Oh, no. So what I'm doing this week is I'm tearing up an entire yard and I'm sodding it. I'm regrowing grass and I'm going to plant some shrubs in front of our house. And it's so stupid. I can't believe I have to do this. Oh, but that sounds nice, though. And, and I guess I, you know what it is? I've become a really good cook and mm-hmm. it took me time to get past, um, you know, like I always saw it. It was like, oh, that's something my mom does, like this kind of 50s housewife. Like, I, I'm not interested in that. And I came to find out I really liked it. Maybe I'll like working in the yard, but uh, we got to do it. <laughs> that's cool. I mean, I think right now at a, at a time when there are so few good reasons to be outside, I hope that you yeah. can find some joy in being able to do some good work outside. Absolutely. Frank has a, uh, uh, we've, we did, there's a till like oh. right in front of our driveway. Uh, and he, you can't really see when you turn uh, to get out of the house. So for me, it's no problem because I have a Porsche. So I just floor it and I'm <laughs> zero to 60 instantly. No one's going to hit me. Frank drives a little slower. So he oh. is literally getting a, a shredder. 
like this this giant shredding machine to tear apart the hill. And he's going to dig apart this whole hill. And I'm like, Frank, this is a stupid idea. And he's like, nope, it's the hill I'm going to die on. That (laughs) is nuts. (laughs) That's Frank. That's Frank. It sounds like you two are having a rowdy time. Yes, we are. Um, This week, I am hopefully watching one to two more Clark Gable movies and then stop. Well, I'll continue to do so, but I will no longer update my video. Um, I've also, let's see, what am I doing? I've more, I've, I've shifted kind of back over to focusing on our Quibi project speedrun. Oh, um, cause we're kind of reformatting that and making it a little more like doing some more of those in-depth stories that you might see on Polygon's YouTube channel, which is super Good. exciting for me. Um, yeah. so getting to do a little bit more creative work on that project as a consulting producer, um so please oh, Simone, do check that out congrats. yeah thank you it's, it's so a exciting. good show get it me a, a wikipedia page good... oh my god sorry not wikipedia no. imdb <laughs> so seriously what i want with that the one critique i would have is i really want it to be able to work on apple tv because you know it's like sometimes i want to sit back and watch these and catch up on the because it's so well produced and I don't always want to stare at my phone. So I'm glad to see that they're going to change that. I coming. am so glad as well. Like there's obviously the app has a lot of room to grow. Um, those are things that I'm as a content creator, I'm not in control of. Um, I'm glad that they're making those changes. And I'm just super excited that we have a chance to continue to evolve this show and tell stories on this platform. So that's super exciting for me. Very can, can proud. I ask a technical yeah. question? As since you're producing it, this is what I'm thinking about every time I watch one of the shows on there. Do you have to storyboard out every single shot you do and go, okay, this is vertical and this is horizontal, and is this going to work every time? Like, do you just set up guides for that as you're shooting video? Do you shoot in some square format? How on earth do you work with that? We use guides. So if we're shooting, say, me, um, there are usually, like, on the camera, uh, in, like, wherever the person, the director is seeing the camera, there are guides, so you can see the center, which is going to be the vertical cut. And then the rest Mm -hmm. of the frame obviously also still needs to be beautiful because that's going to be the horizontal cut. Um, So say when we're filming me on a green screen, I'm standing in the center and my shoulders are within those guides. Um, And then the wide is just going to be slightly more of me or not really more of me, more of the green screen. And then what we have to do is do a vertical cut, which necessitates like the footage being properly cropped or like having a nice mortise on it so that you can so it doesn't look like weirdly shrunken um and especially with like game trailers and stuff like making sure all of the information is visible is a challenge that our editors that sounds terrible have risen to me. oh my gosh i know wow. and then so do we also do a horizontal cut as well different- Yes. Do you have to encode it with two video streams and you say you upload that? Is it switching between the two? It's switching or? between two video files that are playing wow. simultaneously. So wow. uh, we do the vertical cut first because it's hardest. And then uh, they do a horizontal cut, and which is basically taking, I mean, you have those vertical file or you have the <laughs> vertical sequence and you can make it horizontal, change the aspects and everything, and then just re-edit it, re-edit the, what you've already edited basically. Um, Mm -hmm. And yeah, and then it goes on the app. And when you turn your phone, it switches seamlessly between vertical video and horizontal video, which is actually nuts. (laughs) 
It's pretty cool. I'd tell you it's a waste of a feature, but it's not because I cannot tell you how many times I'm watching it. And I'm like, oh, this is a really beautiful uh, like horizontal shot. How could they possibly make this work in, uh, in, in portrait? And I'll flip my phone and somehow it always yeah. does. <laughs> and it's like a mystery of, of film composition. I've just it's always really admired fun. that. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm really impressed with our editors. I'm, I'm not editing on the show, so it is all down to their amazing work with all of the footage that we're just like, here's game. <laughs> Can you make game look good in vertical? Um, so it's very cool. Um, hey, Brianna, where can I find you online? Uh, Brianna Wu on Twitter, if I set the settings so you can reply to me. Oh, wow. You can find me on Twitter at Doom Quasar, and it's basically on every other platform as well. I'll let you know when I upload the Clark Gable video. Um, and you can find my videos at youtube.com slash polygon and all ha ha on the Quibi app. Ha ha, speed run. Um, Hey, you can also find Christina at film underscore girl, wherever she be. And you can see her at Build. I hope you did, because guess what? It's Thursday now. Suckers. Uh, (laughs) Love you guys. This episode of Rocket is terminated. Terminated. Terminated.